When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everybody? Isaac here with Civil Engineering Academy. Today, we are going to do a series of podcast episodes, YouTube videos, I guess, of a deeper dive into the specifications for each depth exam because I get many questions for people that are just starting this journey about becoming a civil engineer, and I want to be able to provide them from the ground level what they're getting into. So today we're going to talk about, you know, what the exam is about. We'll cover what the specification is for each particular depth exam. And today I'm going to focus on the construction depth exam. So if you are taking the construction depth exam or you're considering taking the construction depth exam, this one's going to be for you. We're going to dive into what the exam is about. We'll dive into the specifications. We'll dive into the codes that are required. We'll talk about why I think you should take this or why I think you shouldn't take it. We'll also talk about the pass rates for this particular exam. And uh, today is gonna be construction. So it's all about construction. In the later ones, we'll do the rest of them. So if you are gonna take construction, this one's for you. If you're not gonna take it, maybe wait for the one that's coming out next time. So with that, we're excited to share this with you. If you need additional resources that are gonna help you with the construction depth exam, Maybe consider what we have at civilengineeringacademy.com where we have practice exams, we have a course, we have all the good stuff. And definitely check out our YouTube channel where we're always publishing problems for free for people. So definitely check that out too. Anyway, with that, let's get started. We're gonna do a deep dive into the construction depth exam. So uh, it's gonna be coming up right after this. Hey, have you struggled to find time to actually read a book? I know I have. Life is busy, four kids, all of that jazz. It makes it really hard to actually sit down and read a book. So you know what I turned to? I turned to Audible. And we have an affiliate with them. If you go to civilengineeringacademy.com slash audible, that's A-U-D-I-B-L-E, you can jump on and find your favorite titles to go anywhere with you. Use that link. You'll get 30 days for free. You'll also get a couple of credits. And if you're already a Prime member, you'll get two credits, which which is good for some premium selection titles that you can actually keep. But go check them out. I really have enjoyed Atomic Habits by James Clear, which gives you an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. They've got fun ones like Dune that are on there and tons of others. So if you're in the hunt to find time in your day to listen to books, definitely give them a shot. Go to civilengineeringacademy.com slash audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E. And go get a free 30-day trial of Audible. Go check them out. Today's episode is also brought to you by our CEA community. Go check out our free community at ceacommunity.com. It is our own Facebook community. People can post FEPE questions, community uh, career advice, anything that you've got on your mind dealing with civil engineering. We are there and we jump on help you out. So go check it out at ceacommunity.com. You'll be very happy you did and it's free. So you got nothing to lose. 
All right, first thing we're gonna talk about is the exam itself. So the exam itself is a CBT exam. It's computer-based, right? It used to be paper-based. Everything is going computer-based and it's been computer-based for about a year now. So that was all accelerated due to COVID and here we are. So you gotta register for that exam. It's offered year round in different quarters. So each quarter you can take that exam and um, the exam is actually scheduled for nine hours. With that, you actually get eight hours specific to taking the exam. It is still broken up. Well, sort of. The spec has all of the material listed out in sequential order, but there is still a breakup of AM questions and PM questions. And the AM questions are the same among all the specifications, and that is the first eight sections that we're going to go through in the specification. So that's what's going on with your exam. You'll have to sign some disclosure agreements, which they've scheduled about two minutes for. You also have a tutorial on how to take the exam, which they give you additional minutes for. I believe that's eight minutes. And then they also have a scheduled 50-minute break in between the two halves of the exam or close to the two halves of the exam. So with all of that added up, that's that nine-hour period. But comparing the old paper-based to the computer-based, it's still an eight-hour exam and it's still a grind. So that's what's going on with the exam. I wanna make sure we understand that first before we dive into anything else. Okay, the other thing I think is really important is knowing how much this thing's gonna cost you. So right now the exam itself is $375 that you will be making a checkout or paying their website to the NCEES. Now, other things to keep in mind with that is that if you keep rescheduling and kicking this exam down the road, it's gonna cost you money to reschedule. You don't wanna do that. The exam's already expensive. You got to get a bunch of material to help you on this journey, and that's all expensive. So we're trying to keep our costs down, right? I mean, we're engineers. We're tight. <laughs> so watch out for that. Let's go do a quick review of the specifications. I'm going to talk about each area, and we'll also dive in to the codes and standards that you will need to take this exam. So let's do that right now. All right, let's go ahead and do a deeper dive into the construction specifications. So. If you go to the NCEES website, you'll go find the construction specifications. So these topics have not changed since April of 2015 when they were originally published. They made these effective on January 1 of 2022. So I find that interesting. So they might be due for an update, but right now they're just worried about getting all this stuff into CVT mode. So obviously the exam is closed book except for the reference handbook and the standards you're provided. So keep that in mind. Again, you have nine hours to complete the exam, which includes what we already talked about, a tutorial and a break and a non-disclosure agreement. I find this interesting as well that the exam uses both SI units and U.S. customary units. And one of those things you want to keep in mind, at least from feedback from many others, is that the exams are typically all in U.S. units. But it's interesting that they put that on there so it could they can ask stuff in SI units. Again, the exams developed with questions that require a variety of approaches and methodologies, including design, analysis, and application, meaning they can ask these in a variety of ways. If you do any research on the NCES and you know these are CBT, you know that not all problems are necessarily multiple choice. The majority still are, but they can start throwing different types of problems at you like drag and drop, fill in the blank, point and click, these alternative item types. So I'd encourage you to go to their website and go research what alternative item type problems are and you can go check those out for yourself. So just keep that in mind. But for the majority of the exam, it's still multiple choice. You're probably only going to see a few that might be different than that. 
Okay, so we got that down. And the other thing is that the examples specified in this are not exclusive or exhaustive. So basically what they're saying is they can't ask you anything they want, but typically they will stick to what they've got in the specification. So don't be too worried about that. All right, let's get a little closer here. So project planning, we're going to be dealing with quantity takeoff methods, cost estimating, project schedules, and activity identification and sequencing. You will have four to six questions related to that topic. The second one is means and methods, and that's construction loads, construction methods, as well as temporary structures. So three to five questions there. Third one is soil mechanics, dealing with lateral pressures, soil consolidation, effective and total stresses, bearing capacities, foundation settlement, and slope stability. Five to eight questions on that guy. Fourth is structural mechanics, five to eight questions, which is your dead and live loads, trusses, bending moments, shear diagrams, axle loads. Combined stresses, deflections, beams, columns, slabs, all found under structural mechanics. That's also, they include footings as well as retaining walls in that section. A bigger section is the hydraulics. This is section five, hydraulics and hydrology section, six to nine questions found there. Uh, this is one of the bigger ones that you're going to want to study up on. So that includes open channel flow, stormwater collection and drainage, so culverts, inlets, and gutter flow. Storm characteristics like storm frequencies, uh, runoff analysis, detention and retention ponds, pressure conduits, as well as the energy equation. So this, again, is a big topic. It's 69 questions and one you're definitely going to want to hit. These are AM questions. The first eight topics here are AM type questions. And what I mean by that is that the first eight subjects here are the same among all specifications. So just keep that in mind. Geometrics, which is our fancy term for transportation, it used to be called transportation, and it used to be a lot bigger. So it's been reduced to just three sections. That's circular curves, vertical curves, and traffic volume, which is a variety of questions that deal with mix and flow and speed that you're dealing with in traffic scenarios. But uh, as part of that, you've got three to five questions dealing with transportation or geometrics. So number seven is materials. So you're going to deal with soil classification. So you're going to have a boring log interpretation, something that you might see, you know, you get an inspection done, you have boring log and how to interpret those results. You have soil properties, which deal with strength, permeability, or phase relationships. You have concrete that you're going to be dealing with, structural steel, as well as material test methods and compaction. And that is five to eight questions for materials. That's a lot of geotech found within that but uh, they wrap that into materials. Then you have site development. So number eight here is site development, four to six questions that you'll find on this one. And that deals with excavation and embankment, which is cut and fills. And then you have construction site layout and control, which is surveying. Then you have temporary and permanent soil erosion and control. So permits and sediment transports. Then you have impact of construction on adjacent facilities, which could be noise or blasting. And then you also have safety topics, which you will have to deal with as well. Four to six questions with that. After those first eight sections, then we dive into your depth section of choice. So specifically for what you are watching and going into with me is the construction. Now we're going to dive into more about a specific area. So number nine is earthwork construction and layout again, only we're going deeper now. And that's excavation embankment. So more cut and fill problems more complicated. Uh, borrow pit problems, which people love, dealing with removing soil from its native area, taking it out, or it gets fluffy, putting it back and compacting it. 
You have to deal with site layout and control, which is surveying earthwork and mass diagrams, hull distances, and site surface investigations. You have five to eight questions dealing with earthwork, construction, and layout. So again, we're going deeper now into these subjects. Number 10 is estimating quantities and costs. So now we're going further into that. So quantity takeoff methods again, cost estimating, cost analysis for resources, as well as work measurement and productivity. How many labor, how many men you got to, you know, do a certain job, things of that nature. That's five to eight questions there. Then you jump into construction operations and methods for number 11, which is six to nine questions. So it's a larger topic. So lifting and rigging, crane stability, dewatering and pumping, equipment operations, as well as deep foundation installations. Number 12 is scheduling. There's five to eight questions on that guy. And you're going to be dealing with construction sequencing, activity time analysis, CPM or critical path methods, resource scheduling and leveling, and time cost trade-offs. So everything to do with your PM topics, your project management topics, there's five to eight questions within that one for scheduling. Number 13 is material quality control and production, five to eight questions. This deals with material properties and testing, which can include soil, concrete, or asphalt. You also have welding and bolt installation, QAQC processes, construction, concrete proportioning and placement, as well as concrete maturity and early strength evaluation, knowing the early strength of concrete. Five to eight questions for that section. We're almost there. Number 15 is temporary structures. Six to nine questions for that. You're dealing with construction loads and codes, formwork, faults work, scaffolding, shoring, bracing, temporary support, anything that's temporary there to help build your structure you're going to be dealing with the 69 questions. So there's quite a few questions there. And lastly, you've got health and safety. So you've got OSHA regulations, safety management statistics, and work zone and public safety. So these are all OSHA type questions. And there's three to five questions found within that. So that was a little bit of a dive into the spec and the exact problems and questions that they're going to ask you. I highly recommend grabbing a copy of the specifications because that is your guiding document as to what you need to study for your exam. So now let's dive into your codes. All right, diving into the codes. So effective beginning January of 2022, again, you're going to have the handbook at your disposal for the whole exam and the codes, although the codes will not necessarily be needed for the AM portion of the exam, you will still have access to them. Construction is one of the bigger ones for more codes required, and I highly recommend going and check out uh, the NCES YouTube videos, which kind of give you a rundown of how the exam is presented, how it looks, as well as the environment that you're going into. We actually created a CBT exam simulator that will be live very shortly, so go check it out at civilengineeringacademy.com, but it uh, will also give you that same look and feel. And we actually have access to those in our course. So if you want that, go check it out, civilpereviewcourse.com. So again, the handbook and design standards are going to be available to you for the entire exam, though design standards are not needed for the breadth portion. The other thing to note here is that solutions to the exam are based on these standards and codes. So these are the ones you're going to want to get, beg, borrow, steal, whatever you need to do to grab these because these are the years or the versions that they are testing you on. So they might have newer versions already out, but this is what's on the exam, okay? And the NCES does not sell these things. So you got to go find them. So the first one that you're going to be dealing with is the ACI 347R, which is your guide to formwork for concrete. This is 2014. 
So formwork that you're going to be dealing with. And you have the ACI SP-4, which is formwork for concrete. Again, 2014, 8th edition. You have the AISC code, which is really the still Bible when it comes to this stuff. The 14th edition is what they're using, which came out in 2011. So you'll want a copy of that. You also need a copy of the ASCE 37-14, which is design loads on structures during construction. You'll want the second edition, 2015, for that. Then you have the CMWB, which is the Council for Masonry Wall Bracing. This standard is called the Standard Practice for Bracing Masonry Walls Under Construction. 2012 edition is what you want there. And then you have the MUTCD Part 6, which is the Manual on Uniform Traffic Control Devices for Streets and Highways Part 6. So you'll want to get that copy. You probably can get that at FHWA. And then we dive into what the CFR titles are. So CFR Title 29, which is the U.S. Department of Labor. And they have these different parts that you're going to want to pull, which is 1903, 1904, and 1926. So 1903 deals with inspections and citations. 1904 deals with recording and reporting incidences, and 1926 is safety and health regulations. So we want to understand what they're asking here as part of OSHA. And the last one is the PCA EB001, which is Design and Control of Concrete Mixtures from Portland Cement Association. Those are things that uh, you're definitely going to want to get. So beg, borrow, steal those, <laughs> whatever you got to do to get those. Just kidding. I don't endorse stealing, but you're going to need a copy of those things. You can really take this thing off and get going. So hopefully that was helpful. That was a quick dive into the spec as well as the standards that you will definitely need for this. All right. The last thing I really want to mention and talk about is the pass rate. So obviously we know, again, this is computer-based testing. Some other little highlights that the NCES has as they share their pass rates is that for these exams, the pass rates are typically updated in November. So I'll just read some of this, but it says some PE exams are administered year round, which is our computer-based test. For these exams, pass rates are shown for the January through June or the June through December population updated in July and January, respectively. So the latest ones here were updated in June. And if I dive down into the pass rates for construction, the volume of test takers was 786 people. That is not the most people that take this exam. That's something to keep in mind. It's not the highest volume of people. But the other thing, it's also not the least. So 786, the one that's least is geotech. But um, let's look at the pass rates. So for first-time test takers, the pass rate for this is 49% during that time period. And repeat takers, there was only 33 people, and the pass rate was dropped down to 45%. So these are really low numbers. When this was paper-based, these would typically be in the 65 to 70% range. And now we're down to 49%, and I'm sure they want that higher. That's not great for a first-time test taker. And again, that kind of relates to the thing I talked about earlier, which is that a lot of people go into taking this exam and think that it, it's going to be the easier exam, and it's usually not. You know, they test you on a, a broad topics, and they go deep into specific construction stuff. And a lot of people get, they feel like it's tricky in the way that they ask questions and word things. So just keep that in mind. I'm not here to discourage this exam by any means because they're all difficult, but that's just what's going on with construction. As a repeat taker, it did drop down to 45%, which is also maybe disheartening. 
But I would say with both of these, don't lose hope and don't be discouraged. Your best foot forward on the first exam is going to be your best, but continue to march forward as you're taking the exam, and I promise you'll get through it. So I wanted to highlight that for the passing rates. Again, this was typically you know around 50% for first-time takers, and it dropped down to 45% for repeat takers. I imagine hopefully those numbers come up to be more like the other exams, which is between you know 60 to 65% for first-time test takers, and then lower for repeat. So that was just the last group that took that test, and just something to to keep in mind. So remember that as you're taking this exam. Definitely wanted to touch upon that. All right, so that was a deeper dive into the construction depth exam. For those that are considering this particular exam, I'm going to lean towards people that are already in the construction world. Maybe you want to go into project management, or maybe you're in a discipline that works on a wide variety of things. I myself work in the transmission engineering world in the utility industry, and there are many people that go into construction because it does touch upon a lot of different areas that we do as transmission engineers. But I myself actually took the geotech depth exam because I wanted to do more in foundation work and felt like that was a better thing for my career. And as I wanted to know more understanding of that, because I felt like it was going to help my career out. Anyway, we covered pass rates. We covered the specification. We covered why you should be taking this thing. And I think that's going to be it. So if you have any questions about this particular depth exam, please let me know. Shoot me an email, Isaac at civilengineeringacademy.com. And if you need any more tips and advice, including a full-blown course on passing these things, check us out at civilengineeringacademy.com or our course, The Ultimate Civil PE Review Course, which is at civilpereviewcourse.com as well. Anyway, we're excited for you. Taking this is a long journey. It doesn't matter if it's your first time or your fifth time taking this exam. We're going to be here to help you every step of the way and encourage you to do so. So you can get there. I promise you can do this. Construction depth exam is a good one. Definitely check it out. Anyway, hopefully these tips helped you as we went to a deep dive into the construction depth exam. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. Thanks for joining me today. If you want, please leave a review or a comment or a like. They definitely go a long way and share it with a friend because why not? It helps. Hey, if you're interested in becoming a guest, feel free to shoot me an email, Isaac at civilengineeringacademy.com. And if you know anyone or yourself personally, definitely check out our website, civilengineeringacademy.com, where we can help you on your journey to become a professional engineer, whether that's to help you pass your FE or your PE, or just get great career advice. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of this podcast and have an amazing outreach to other civil engineers, also shoot me an email and we'll be there to help you. Anyway, thanks for joining me today and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.